You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Triple play fantasies basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. Welcome, everyone, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, a proud member of Empire and the Empire Media Podcast Network. Doc hosting it today. Just for the intro, I got my normal crew here. I got Coach James Lewis. The guy who always has rotating jerseys in his background and probably hasn't gotten a haircut since seventh grade, which is when he got his AOL email. What's going on, coach? Yeah, I got to keep things in stock. Yeah, point guard is the theme in the background. So you see a little Trey Young, a little Doncic going on, and they will definitely be in that that top five, top ten tier. And if they're not top five, we're fighting. All right, all right, a little <laughs> spoiler. Maybe Maybe we'll get the fisticuffs ready. In the upper right-hand corner, I have the man that always has a brick wall behind him because he likes to keep it 100. <laughs> it is wow. Mr. Brad Kilgore, the man of Monkey Knife Fight props. What's going on, my man? Nice plug, nice plug. Yeah, if you guys are into uh, NFL prop bets, make sure to check out our YouTube on Triple Play Fantasy. We have a special guest, and we welcome in a man that is no stranger to the game of basketball. When some ask why, he chooses to ask why not. He is the host of the Noble and Roosh show. It is a good thing that we are not in medieval times because he would be at the bottom of the feudal system. This man goes by three words. Ball is life. We welcome in Zach Noble. What is going on? Love it, man. That's a hell of an intro for sure. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm rock bottom. The noble Romans were here. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the jerseys. I love the brick wall. Um Hopefully I can stir it up a little bit, but I'm always down for some rankings. Yeah. And, and Zach, Let's do it, man. Um, you know, before we, we dive into the show, you know, I just want to, you know, give you the floor a little bit, you know, tell the listeners, um, you know, a little bit about your podcast, how you got into the game, you know, kind of just what brought you to be a basketball junkie. You got it. So um, loved the game growing up, played it till about 10th grade. I would have kept playing, had, had the game to keep playing, had a, rare disease that kept me out of it um, past that. So I found other ways to get involved in it. Um, I always wanted to be a sports agent since like sixth grade. Uh, sent some guys overseas. I uh, was close to representing a couple NFL players. Uh, so I was trying to get in any way possible, built a lot of relationships that way. Um, had a lot of top-notch relationships, uh, but I was never able to turn that into a full-time career. So I found other ways to get involved in the NBA world um, as that was my biggest passion in life. And four years ago, I decided to get into podcasting, met a partner in Kansas City, um, and we had a show for three years. And 
uh, it was great and through the ball's life and grew constantly. And um, we ended up uh, deciding to go our own ways and found a new partner. He's a lawyer out of California, big Rockets fan, and things are rolling pretty good on this end. Uh, my first show, we went 206 episodes. This one, we're about 48 in. Um, overall, I've had 180 plus guests and then 65 plus current NBA players. So that's kind of our niche, just getting great guests and talking the history of the game and current day. I mean, we're big 90s guys. Um, we like that generation probably the best more than anything. We're big LeBron, Kobe, and KG guys. That's not LeBron, MJ, sorry. Um, MJ, <laughs> Kobe, and KG guys. That's what really got me into the game. I had season tickets to the Timberwolves um, every year of the KG era. Um, so that's that's kind of my thing. I'm a diehard Timberwolves fan, the worst franchise in sports. So um, I'll, uh, I'll hold that title pretty high. But um, just kind of enjoying the slow growth and the Anthony Edwards punchlines from here to there. That's all we got going for us right now. So I uh, got to embrace that, that, that smile that lights up the room. And maybe we can turn into some W's here and there. I was gonna say that's not a that's not a punchline. He's he's doing well. Yeah, I mean, I was happy about the rookie year. He should have easily won rookie of the year. But thank you. Games played is is a thing. It matters. Availability really matters to me. But I I can already tell you're you're a homer right now. I love this. Go check out my latest feed. I just put out a 2020 redraft. Lamelo Ball. I had him number one before the draft. Still have Lamelo Ball number one. So how's he rookie of the year? Rookie, look at Michael Carter Williams won Rookie of the Year, man. That means nothing for the future going forward. He should have won Rookie of the Year. He had the best season, even playing the the amount of games he played. Anthony Edwards finished the year with incredible efficiency. I mean, he. I mean, the last half of the year, overall, his statistics were good enough, and I'm okay with Lamelo winning. I'm not going to put up a huge fight for that one, but I just think games played and Anthony Edwards did more than enough to prove. Um, he's going to be a dude going forward and very worthy of true. holding that title. So I I wouldn't change. If you asked me if I could have LaMelo Ball in the Wolves, I wouldn't take him. But I do think oh. LaMelo Ball is going to have the better career. Is that because Anthony okay. Edwards reportedly may have grown two inches over the summer? Damn right. MJ is coming for real. Like, <laughs> no, he, he said six, he's... 6'6 six now. Yeah, he said he's coming for that title in the offseason, and that dude talks... Mad game. I mean, he can swim like Michael Phelps. We know how it yeah, goes, but of course, um, yeah, he could have he could have pitched in the majors. Tr- trash, trash ball. Yeah, he's got First it all. Teamer. But no, there's no better personality in basketball right now. So I really hope his game can I back it that. up and uh, just give us the the light that we need here because it's been really dark for many many years. Like Yo, our Zach. family stopped with the season tickets after KG left and. It was perfect timing. I mean, I've been to every playoff game in the KG era, so I'm I'm obsessed and I'll never leave. But so wait, do you remember the Troy Hudson 37 point game in the 2003 playoffs? Like the back of my hand. Oh, that's how you know you're a fan. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Zach, I'm, I'm a big proponent of Minnesota just letting. I think Edwards has shown that he's he's got what it takes to carry a, a franchise. You know, if, if tasked to. Yep. What do you think about them trading Cat? So and then letting letting that just just spin. I've been one of the biggest cat uh, naysayers, you can say, skeptics. I mean, the last two years, I thought he was going to take off right after Jimmy left, and I was super high on him at that point. Had him number one before the draft. I was 
all on Cat, uh, but his personality is, is what it is, and I don't think he's got the mentality to carry the torch of a franchise, especially this type of franchise. Um, so at the end of the day, he's going to be a great th- third option, second option, but he's never going to be a number one, in my estimation. Uh, yeah, he's a transcending talent, but I'm a mindset guy and mentality. And I, my, you can look back at my draft boards and I weigh it higher than most. I really do. And it's a really hard thing to, to judge and guess, but I try to listen to a lot of interviews. I try to uh, figure out any way. I mean, fourth quarter, um, the way they act in the second half of games. I mean, that's where a lot of mentality comes in and cat veers from that moment. He kind of always has. And uh, I just don't think he's the guy. So I'm all for trading cat, but I'm not in any rush to do it. What would you take uh, for him? A lot. <laughs> I mean, he's worth a lot because, yeah, if you put him on a lot of teams right now, he makes him an automatic contender if he's the second guy. Like, I think he's that good where if he's the second or third guy, the pressure's not on him. Like, he's going to elevate you to another level. Uh, but I'd love Let's to see him in Atlanta with Trey Young. That's one of my oh, favorite destinations. That is good. Luca, I'd love him there. Or I'd love Charlotte. Him Charlotte would be sick with Lamelo. It would be sick. But would I you take don't... would you take like PJ Washington and and like uh, you know some some first rounders? That's what I'm saying. Like who would you yeah. what would you give up? So from Charlotte, the package would need to be if it's not Lamelo Ball. Obviously, it's, it's not, not going to be. Yeah, no. So we have a plethora of guards. We don't need Terry Rozier. We don't need. No. So I'd take Miles Bridges. I'd take PJ Washington. It'd probably be about five or six picks. Um, okay. That's probably what it would take. And Even if they're like second all... rounders? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Think about right. it. I mean, Brad, good thing you're not a GM, man. This I, is no, I'm saying it's going to be hard to train him if he's only going to take top flight. Nah, I don't think so. I just think I like people, Atlanta, value, people value Cat's skill set like no other. And people still think he's going to be a top 15 guy in this league for a long time. I mean, look at Bradley Beal. Like, he's, what, 30 around that area, and they're still valuing him like an almost a top 10 type talent where, I mean, that's it's five picks-ish, I mean, for his age. So at the end of the day, the the value's been set. The market's been set there. So um, – Wizards fans here, by the way. So you got to – we got our own homerism over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm all for it, but – Here's the thing. You got to choose a timeline, um, whether it's Cat and D'Lo or you got to choose Ant and Jaden. Um, I'm all in on the Ant and Jaden, but at the same time, you don't rush a trade. It's just every decision going forward has to be about one of those pairings. And so I don't think they they can work, and I don't think the timelines necessarily match up, but that's, no need to rush it. That's interesting so, that you, you included Jaden in there. I, I didn't know that he'd, he'd be you know considered like part of the core future going forward. I like him a lot. He's really talented. That you must be watching and paying a little attention because I'm telling you, Jay McDaniels, that guy's got like Jonathan Isaac ceiling type, yeah. like whatever you think J.I.'s got, and I'm as high on J.I. as anybody. Um, I agree. Jaden McDaniels, I mean, he can guard literally two through five. I mean, maybe eventually some ones, but he's got to bulk up to guard more fives, and he will. Uh, but the dude they started giving him minutes towards the end of the year for sure. And, uh, yeah. the dude, the dude can score. He's athletic and, um, he's got a lot going for him, but, uh, Chris Finch, I think he's going to be a lot better at developing than we've had 
in the past. I'm not ready to be all on the Chris Finch board, but uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll know pretty quickly as the season goes. But I, I truly look at Jaden as a um, cornerstone going forward. So everybody around the league is just like, oh, Jaden McDaniels is a throw-in for Ben Simmons. No, we actually really value him here. And yeah, I know there's not very many fans out there that watch the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I don't blame them. But Anthony Edwards is box office and cats fun to watch fill up the stat sheet. So, I mean, we're definitely making some noise when it comes to being a league pass team, I think. Would you do cat for Ben Simmons straight up? Hell no. Uh, no, absolutely not. I mean, they never got a good defensive backcourt with Beverly. I would do Ben and Tobias. I would do Ben and Tobias, but, um, that, that, that doesn't do much. It's a lot of cash. Yeah, I mean, I think Cat and Embiid could work. I think the talent would exceed the fit there, but it'd just be a weird thing. Um, yeah, it would. I it mean, would Phil- Philadelphia, um, yeah, it's two years ago we were talking Cat for Embiid, and a lot of people would have done that. But, I mean, now Embiid's proven to be so much better and um, kind of a cornerstone. It's just some people think – there's still some people out there in Philadelphia that I know would trade and beat because they don't believe in his injuries. I mean, we yes, Minnesota, I would. Minnesota would have to add a little more for that. But when it comes to Cat, I think my two favorite fits for him, um, for him leaving are Phoenix and uh, Atlanta uh, are the two teams I would pinpoint. Uh, just because Trey Young and Devin Booker, I think they're great fits for Cat. And then you can build defenses around those guys, um, you'd have your two offensive talents there. Uh, and they have the best packages I think they can offer, like a DeAndre Ayton as a starting point for Cat and John Collins coming back uh, from Atlanta and then build the package from there. Like uh, but it's it's really hard other than that to find, because if you go to like the Knicks, uh, then Julius Randle and him get to be a tough pairing because there's no front court defense there. And um, I know Indiana would love to have them, but uh, they don't got shit I'd want. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody would want them, I think, outside of uh, Denver, outside of Philadelphia. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's a fun topic to talk about, and I can talk about it all day, but don't need to hijack the show there. <laughs> I was going to say, that's funny. We didn't have uh, uh, talking in Carl Anthony Towns trades in the script, but sometimes the best things are impromptu. Coach, I'll give it back to you to get this show on track. All right, so a little news and notes about, I guess, a more elite uh, Western Conference team, and that's Aaron Gordon pencils in four years, $92 million. Uh, Denver's known for not going over the luxury, um, but with MPJ uh, due for an extension next season, we're going to see like either they're going to have to move some parts around or they're actually all in on this team and they see a championship window and they're actually going to be willing to pay over. What do we think about this contract signing? And we're going to start with Zach. Yeah, so I've been as high on Eric, Aaron Gordon as anybody from when he came into the draft. And I've kind of been an apologist for him. I've gotten a lot of gotten a lot of slack and uh, just people coming at me for many, many years because I kept putting him as most improved player. Uh, for a while, and he just didn't improve for a while. Last year was the first year, though, uh, if you really paid attention to Aaron Gordon, that he didn't have slight improvements. It was always either defense or just playmaking, rebounding a little bit. He was making really small improvements, but they weren't to the leap of Pascal Siakam or Kawhi Leonard-type leaps. And 
Um, the guy's got all the tools and the gifts. I just uh, don't think he's putting it together. I don't know if he has necessarily the mentality um, that you need to uh, be like a max contract player that I thought he was eventually going to be. But uh, he's a perfect fit for Denver. I loved the trade when they made it. Um, I still love his fit going forward. They need his athleticism, his defense. Um, he's a great front court running mate with Joker. And um, I love the Denver Nuggets. If everybody reaches their full potential or Aaron Gordon reaches just 75 to 80% of it, I think they can be a legit title contender this year or next year. Um, but that contract, it was a little questionable on my behalf because they weren't competing with anybody. Um, they had the cap space to do it. And it's not like it's not going to hurt their cap as much as people look at the numbers from a first glance because um, it's not it's not all going towards the hard cap or what have you. Uh, but I do think there's a good chance it could turn out to be a bad contract. It still could turn out that way if Aaron Gordon, he was his time in Denver was the worst stats he put up in his entire career since his second year in the leagues. And he's been in the league seven years now. So uh, that's saying something. And a lot of them were the worst since his first year, but it was a COVID year. I give most people a pass during COVID. They traded for him because they were playing on paying him. So we, most people expected they were going to pay him at least that, if not more, if he performed. So at the end of the day, it's it's I give it a C, really. I like that's the type of grade I give it. So I want him to be great because I love what Denver's got going, but I just there's a lot of question marks there with him going backwards in his time there. It's a shame we didn't get to see that team um, fully healthy and together because I think it was a pivotal moment um, trying to see what it would all look like with their with their top five. But um, not only Jamal Murray going down, but the point guard. It seemed like every night. They were losing another person, and then Barton was fighting injury. So we really just saw a you know a, a wounded uh, Nuggets team that looked uh, prime to do some things well. And maybe Aaron Gordon's numbers weren't um, as spectacular, but he definitely had an impact on them winning basketball games. And it's it, he's a really good passer uh, for and and he he defends the the, the tough matchup. So it was it would have been an interesting look because we all know that <laughs> Jokic isn't out there for his defense. So you need as as much help as you can get um, from your surrounded pieces. Um, Brad, what, what do you think about the signing and um, I guess, you know, the outlook of the Nuggets in the foreseeable future? It's interesting because, you know, like all the things we're saying about him, like nice passer, super talented, but hasn't put it all together. He can guard the tough matchups. All these things that we're saying about him are like potential things. And he hasn't actually put it all together and and shown that impact. And for you to pay four ninety four for that, it seems kind of absurd to me. Um, I think they're making the bet that when Jamal Murray comes back, he's going to be the missing piece, and that's a fine bet to make. I don't know that I'd make it. You know, when they when they draft when they traded for him, I was like, yeah, this is a this is a great pick. He can guard. He can pretty much guard two through five um, if given the opportunity, and he's really. He started to take more threes, and I think that's going to add another element to his game. But when he got to Denver, he was good defensively, but the offensive statistics just went away. I think he became like the third in the pecking order, and he just accepted that role, and that role was relegated to just shooting, you know, open threes or taking like pick and roll layups, and 
that's not what you pay four ninety four for. So I, I don't know what it's going to look like when Jamal Murray comes back, but that's a really expensive contract and it becomes super hard to get rid of um, if he's going to have another season like he just had. So I don't love it. Brad and Coach, I want to say two points you guys touched on there, and that's one, uh, Jamal Murray being out is a huge factor here because everybody always said in his first six years in Orlando, it's because he doesn't have a point guard. And yet we never saw it, and um, everybody thinks he's a guy that needs a point guard for pick and rolls and just setting him up and getting him to his spots because he's not a guy that needs to have a high usage or should have a high usage um, and control the ball as much as they – they had him do in Orlando, and that kind of put too much pressure on him and hurt him when Vucevic was controlling the offense a lot of the times there, so the fit wasn't there. Um, so I'd love to still see him with a true point guard. Maybe it could unlock the best version of Aaron Gordon, but also defensively, huge bridge uh, from going from Paul Millsap as he was aging to young, fresh legs and Aaron Gordon to be that defensive specialist guarding the other team's best player. And you're right, their defense still remained really good um, with Aaron Gordon being there, which is weird because the rest of their personnel doesn't necessarily match up to, say, great defense. He was kind of a tweener, though, too, even defensively, because it's like, you know, look, the the Trailblazers series, like he couldn't guard Dame, he couldn't guard CJ, he could guard Covington, but why would you want to? He couldn't guard Nurkic, but but Jokic was doing that anyway. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was like all the matchups they're going to have in the Western Conference, he seems rather unnecessary. So I don't know. I uh, the, the the Lakers and the Clippers are two. Yeah, that's that exactly like you'd want him to guard LeBron. And then if you think that he's going to I don't like that's that's very hard to pay four ninety four for a LeBron stopper that we don't know is a LeBron stopper. And who's like aging, like how many right. more years are we going to have to deal with LeBron stoppers? So I so, I don't know. So, so here's here's my thing. I think you pay for the future. Like, and, and I'm going to use, you know, we're talking about being fans of mediocre teams. Like the Wizards gave Bertans a five-year, 80-mil contract, and it's obviously less per year, but you're tied into a longer time period. Aaron Gordon is 26 right now, so he's going to be 30 at the end of his contract. And a lot of his game is based off athleticism. And, yeah, we talk about his stats going down for the Nuggets – but he actually played the lowest minutes per game, 26, since his second year with Orlando. He took 8.2 shots per game. So, like, he wasn't putting himself in a position to have these stats. Now, I think what you sign him for is his defense because Jokic, obviously, is a great offensive player. He's the facilitator. You hope that Jamal Murray comes back from his ACL tear. Michael Porter Jr. looks like a bonafide scorer. Even Austin Rivers can give you some buckets off the bench. Monty Morris can give you some scoring. I think if Aaron Gordon can be your primary defender for the LeBrons, for the Kawhis, for, you know, the, even if you put him on someone like Donovan Mitchell that maybe isn't as fast but is a primary ball handler, I think you can make it work. Ultimately, if the Nuggets, I think, get to the Western Conference or if they get to the NBA Finals, it's a success because that's the most that they've had probably in the like, last 20, 25 years. But my thing is like if you're gonna pay four ninety four, you're interested in paying top dollar and you think you're only a piece away, why not go get somebody better or more versatile like a Ben Simmons or something and pay? Because close you're gonna to have to give amount. because you're gonna have to give up more assets for that. Uh, but they don't. Uh, but it's assets they're not even using. They go like six or seven deep. And see with with getting Aaron Gordon too, they're playing with cap that they wouldn't have otherwise. 
they can go deeper into the cap with signing Aaron Gordon. That's um, true. So that money, I mean, it might equal like 15 million um, on the open market, for instance. So and you get and you get some wiggle room to see what it looks like with Michael Porter Jr. Right, like core, I said, he's, yeah. due, he's due for the extension at the end and at the end of this season. So let's see what that looks like together. But that's um, the thing, like Gordon's gonna he's gonna want more usage this year and take away from MPJ potentially. But if Ben I, Simmons I is a that, distributor, though. I think he I think he's a little comfortable being this role guy. Uh, you think so? I mean, yeah, and, well, and it all it really goes back to Jamal Murray because th- that yeah. pick and roll with him and Jokic is probably one of the most threatening things in the entire NBA as it's far as potency duo. scoring. And if he can just play his role now, when he was in Orlando on 4.5, three-point shots a game, he was making 1.7, that's 37.5. Like, that's, like, acceptable when you're bringing other attributes to the game like like passing and playing defense. But then – when he get to when he got to Denver, he was a point seven on a two point seven a game. That's twenty six percent. So I don't know what happened between uh, Orlando the comfortability, uh, maybe just kind of being being the guy for them and, and knowing that he was a trade asset. Then then coming over to Denver, where maybe he wasn't as comfortable with that. Maybe that takes some time. Maybe it takes some time to uh, you know see the the passes that Jokic comes with. Um, you, you do have Jeff Green to kind of help buddy buddy with with defending Jamichael Green as well. They got. They got um, McGee to, to back up. Like, they they really have – and I really like um, Nyshawn Highland. I think that he's going to contribute this first year. I think he's a good bucket getter um, from that bench area. Uh, but when is Murray going to come back? It, it, it is a question, but I think that that's a movable contract. I don't think that you 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 dug so deep with Aaron Gordon that you can't move that later on. Um, you know, we have – sometimes you really have to fit um, contracts, and, and that – that that's a high dollar contract and and who knows maybe those might be the trading points um around a a, a a huge deal like him and michael porter jr for like a superstar who knows um but i, I like what they're doing and i you know i like that they you know they spend a little bit of money knowing that they have the the, the reigning mvp and they actually had, they do have a shot here i mean you take a chance when you do like Toronto traded arguably the most notable player in their franchise history, DeMar DeRozan, who holds, who holds almost all records for a one-year rental of Kawhi. If they don't win the championship, everybody says, why'd you get rid of coach of the year, Dwayne Casey? Why'd you ship out this? And it ended up paying off. You got to take that gamble sometimes in basketball. I'd say this one's a little different, but. Uh, a little it, bit. No, but here to your point, to your point, they, they did it because. They already planned on doing it. You know, they, they when they trade for him, they knew this was coming up and they this is what they had to pay for Aaron Gordon. Um, hopefully they got a little less than they were what they were originally thinking if he showed out for him. Uh, but they're also capitalizing on their core being they just signed Jamal Murray, being they're gonna sign Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon fits perfectly there. So they gotta give it one big go with all these guys together. And I mean I truly think Jamal Murray's going to have a huge impact on Aaron Gordon. I'm not willing to give up on him just yet because I love Mike Malone. I mean, he's a top five coach in my estimation, and their I'm development. With you on that. Yeah, that's their, that's their, a great development. Team's insane. If there's any, if there's any team that can develop players, it's Toronto and it's Denver. And I think sure. right. if you're going to develop somebody, you want somebody that's got those those tools and Gordon has all the tools. It's just, I, it'll be interesting to see how he's utilized. So uh, I, I see, I see why they sign him for what they signed. And that's probably his market value. I just don't know if it's the best fit judging off last year, but we'll see. 
We, we shall. I guess we're. Oh, you're, we're you're not certain on the Gordon, uh, Michael Porter Jr. because you think they're both fours or something, or where is the fit? Yeah, I think I think they're both fours. I think Porter can play the three, but I just don't. That kid is like that. If he I'm going to pay, he could be a big four. two. If he, if only he could defend on that other end. Yeah, offensively, he has the skill set of, of a two guard. Honestly. Of course, but if I'm going to pay four ninety four, it's not just for defense. Like that's just it's just not. Yeah, in a league that and, defense is becoming less important by the year. Well, it, it's not that it's becoming less important. It's just for four ninety four, you need to do more. Like I need to have a lot more usage. Like MPJ is going to get his usage. Jokic's going to get his usage. Murray's going to get his usage. You're right. You're, he's, you're not pass, he's not fiddle. passing like Draymond or Ben Simmons. He's not exactly. passing and playmaking yeah. like those guys. He's just he's not he's not that that pivotal piece for four ninety four. I just think you can get defensive options cheaper. But I, but he's I'll worth it. On, last thing I'll say on Aaron Gordon. Yes, all of his statistics decline outside of field goal percentage and true shooting percentage were his career high. Pretty easy off eight attempts though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Under understanding your role. Um, but to Zach's point on I guess this our last point on this is in those fourth quarter moments and those deciding factors, I you don't see the best of Aaron Gordon. He 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 shies a little bit away from the, those situations. And that's truly what you miss in the killer of Jamal Murray because he does not shy away from those moments. Um and Yo, we've seen it big time. No, of course not. Of course not. Needless to say, on Jokic, he has he has to shy away. Like, what do you want? Aaron Gordon taking the last shot over Murray or Jokic or MPJ? Yeah, there's other factors and how you can you know play your role towards you know in the game. Jimmy Butler's not always shooting the, the last shot on his on his triumphs um, in those final moments. Um, but it's in a dry, dry week. Uh, this is kind of like the the hottest uh, topic is that um, uh, mutually agreeing that uh, it's best interest for Houston Rockets to not play John Wall versus Trey Val and also for John Wall to move on as they've decided to go all in on Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. as they're starting backcourt going and forward. Shangoon. Oh, and then you, oh, yeah, you got, and then you got Shangoon. Yeah, who <laughs> Brad said is a, a – <laughs> Possible future Hall of Famer. Um, can we find That's a trade true. for John Wall? Does anything make sense? Do we see a buyout in the future? Um, Zach, what's your, what's your feeling on this? And do you have like an ideal location to see John Wall, who showed some flashes last year in Houston? Um, of course, he couldn't finish the season, but uh, he showed some flashes of his old self. So I wanted John Wall traded, I mean, midway through the year or what have you, but um, I just, that trade for Russell Westbrook was just weird in general. Uh, I'm as big of a KPGA guy as there is out there. I truly believe it. And Christian Wood in general. I love what the Rockets got going. Um, I had KPJ top 10 before the draft. He went 30. Um, I'd still take him three or four in a redraft. I think his ceiling's that high. I just, it's a mentality thing for me. That's the big question marks on him as he got his shit straight. But uh, with that said, John Wall, if, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, and we're finding out, I mean, yeah, those guys are way higher talents at the time, but people around the league were saying those contracts are the worst in the league, and yet they still found places for those and uh, because they were worried about them aging. But John Wall is not that great right now in general. He showed plenty of flashes. Uh, if you watched a bunch of Rockets games, not a lot of people did, but 
Um, I thought he, John Wall can get back to his peak one or two more years. I think athletically, that's tough. I don't think he's going to be that Fox Wall, but he still can knock down shots and be the playmaker and a solid defender. Um, and so I think he can still be valuable for a team. Yes, there's trades out there for anybody. I truly believe that. Um, I'm a firm believer every contract is tradable just with how creative these GMs are. Uh, the only places, though, this is as hard as it gets because point guards, as we're going to discuss today, is the deepest position in the league, probably deepest in league history, to be honest. So you look around the league, it's like, first of all, John Wall only wants to go to a winner, but only winners want him unless it's the Oklahoma City Thunder and can screw a team over for draft picks or uh, figure out finagled some type of asset out of them. So there's no, that's the, the only option that way. Yeah, you got it. So then I bring up this list of destinations. I think Denver, Dallas, New Orleans, and the Clippers are the only teams that remotely make sense to me. Maybe, but doubtful, I'd say Toronto, Indiana, Orlando, and Philadelphia um, would be the other ones. But those are just, I'm reaching and trying to get creative there. Um, he was just with Paul George the other night. They're, they're buddies. They like to hang out. And I think uh, it made a lot more sense besides Reggie Jackson going off in the playoffs and depending where you like Terrence Mann. Uh, but they got the contracts um, to shell it out. So I, I'm really starting to come around on the idea of the Clippers again. I think it can motivate Paul George to stay at his MVP um, chase, um, whatever you think. Paul George's ceiling is. I think bringing John Wall there would motivate them and get Steve Ballmer all riled up for another year because we have no <laughs> idea what Kawhi Leonard's doing. So I think that's my favorite John Wall fit. And I think the Rockets can get back pieces that would make sense for them too and their future going forward. No, they were one. Uh, Dallas was two for me. Uh, for the packages that where you contracts could kind of make sense. Uh, well, they have E. Bled, so Eric Bledsoe would be on the move again, and I don't know. He play he he gets traded more than he he's he's playing games at this point. So, uh, that would be a, Eric Bledsoe, Luke Kennard, who's you know in the in double digits. Then you got Marcus Morris and Serge Ibaka. So a pairing of uh, three of those guys, or or, or two of those guys, um, with you know uh, the Clippers eating more money, but you really have to kind of almost package package three of them together for it to make sense uh i think the clippers with you know with uh, paul george and a, and a healthy Kawhi Leonard, of course you know that's probably not something that we'll see next year but of course uh john wall's contract is two years he's still got you know the, the 92 million dollars on it but this would kind of be going all in for uh, uh through the, the following year in point guard play and yes uh, his some of his athleticism is still isn't there but he is a smart player and i still think he's capable of defending the ball um and and the guy drives time so uh i i would i would like to see that uh, out of all the options to the clippers um and then the other one is uh one problem for another problem and that's uh john wall for porzingis and in the Mavs because those contracts lined up and obviously porzingis and 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 dallas is it's not working out clearly there's uh the, the relationship has been broken between uh Doncic and him and, you know, we've seen things get patched up in the past, whether it's, you know, Mitchell and Gobert. But uh, we, we shall see what happens with that. I mean, Luca is still, you know, maturing as a player. But 
I wanted to send it to Doc. What do you think about uh, possible trades that you you might have thought of and and destinations uh, for John Wall, mm-hmm. which we all th- can almost agree that this might be the worst contract in the NBA as far as you know. It is. It's pretty bad. Top, top dollar. Yeah. It, it, it's it's pretty bad, and you guys are more optimistic than I am. I don't think the Mavs would work because John Wall needs the ball in his hand, and Luka Doncic has one of the highest usage rates. And I get like the the problem for problem, maybe new environment. The only team I could think of maybe would be the Knicks. And my reasoning behind that, they kind of have two washed up point guards, Derek Rose and Kemba Walker. They can afford taking the cap hit. Um, I think for New York, that's probably the biggest name they've had in a while. Imagine with Julius Randle. John Wall always shows out in the garden. Remember Christmas Day a couple of years ago, he had that 360 layup on there. Um, that's probably the only one I can think of. I mean, he's making $44 million this year. He's a 47 million player option next year, which he's probably going to pick up. People don't want to trade for that. And even if you're on the edge of winning a championship, you're probably going to have to get creative with the salary cap because that's a huge number to afford. I think a buyout is more realistic. Knicks are the only one that I can see. Not in Houston, man. No way is Tillman swallowing $90 million. Just Hell no. Houston's as cheap as they get, and yeah. uh, I they'll they'll let him sit on the bench uh, before, and I I don't think they'd even allow that. So that that's the thing that scares me is like uh, you already made this decision public, and what if you can't find a trade partner? This is the worst contract I can think of. Uh, I mean, it's probably not as bad as like a Josh Smith or somebody like that that uh, wasn't able to play whatsoever you couldn't even put him on the floor as an asset but New York I mean Kemba I still I still have a little higher hopes than him yeah I'd consider him on the way to being washed up I mean he's just had some bad injury luck and he's not all predicated on athleticism like John Wall and Derek Rose man he's getting better every year as his a backup role he's on a great contract and he's more of a two guard at this point I think Derek Rose is the way he's shooting lights out yeah, and I think New York's comfortable looking at look, taking a look at that. Um, Kimba for low money, uh, Derrick Rose still being a big part of Tibbs offense, especially you. We saw how he relied low on money. him and, and low and, money. And then Kimba's the best deal in the league right now. It, uh, I mean, it, that's if, pretty if, true. If, yeah. he can, if, he can back, if, if he can go back to any like even half of uh, half Aladipo. of what he was doing, then yes, Aladipo is uh, he's, he's. I think he's toast, man. I and I oh, love Victor. So? I dude, I am so nervous and worried about Victor. I want. There's nobody. But he's so I want cheap. This league. He's right. so cheap. It's risk free now. Yeah, he could be the best contract if he showed um, anything. But I just his athleticism. I think is almost done. For me, I, I think I you know I agree with everything you guys said about John Wall. Um, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's toast. But I do think that we're not going to see the consistency of what we saw of him early in his career just because, you know, he's older now and his body's mm-hmm. gone through all those injuries. I think what will eventually happen is he's going to he's gonna see that there's no real trade partner for him that he'd want to go to. So he's going to end up accepting a buyout and just going somewhere for cheap. Um, but if there was a trade to happen, I think the only place that makes sense for me is, is OKC because they have cap space and they've got picks. And that team is so dramatically young, and they have nobody to really handle the ball. I think Shea is best used as a, as a two, like a high usage rate two. And um, I think that John Wall being on that team would free him up and m- give him better matchups and and do all of that. But um, 
I don't think OKC would do that because they got that young point guard out of Australia that they're going to want to they're going to want to let him shake and give him some experience because he's like 18 or 19. So um, I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be a place I think would make sense. Yeah, OKC would have to buy him out. I mean. They, they we, would. We they can, can't. We can talk about well, it. Well, they, it's, it's, it's they wouldn't have to. They have $21 million in cap space, so they wouldn't have to, but it makes no sense for them to trade for him. Well, John Wall, man, he's, he'll go in there guns blazing, fighting. He wants to play yeah. basketball. <laughs> That's true. And, no, he, there's no way in hell John Wall won't be throwing gang signs up and lighting that bitch up if, if they're going to make him sit on the sidelines. No, nah, uh, if they traded for him, they'd play him. But yeah, I, I yeah, don't think it's gonna in happen. In that case, no way. Like, why would you? Yeah. Why would you hinder the growth of Shea and Josh Giddy? Well, Shea's not. Trey Shea's Mann. here. I don't. I don't think of Shea as like a growing player. Shea's here to me. Like, I, I think if he's a, if you he's gonna be a point guard, like you think he's tapped? Uh, yeah. Look at his number. What do you What do you think? What do you think he? How much better do you think he can get? Oh, I think he can become a top ten guy in this league. I'm. That you think he's a Hall of Famer then? Because like he's. Yeah. No, I think he he's that okay. good. I know I I agree, but I think what he's done, like the dude's twenty, think, like two, like but I'm aware. No, I, had twenty two. I mean, he I, had he had a twenty rebound game. I we were having. I'm not okay, capping so Zach, him at all. I'm not capping. Zach, him at we all. were having this. We were six, having six, this conversation. Six, 11, we were we were having this conversation about Jalen Brown, and uh, James was saying that he thinks he's tapped out now, and I'm like, he's so young. Like, right. look at all the improvements he can make. Okay. With Shea. I think he is tapped out because look at his numbers. Like, how much more can you do? And look at his usage. Like, what? How? Where could he get better? He I don't understand. Make, it's not make just smarter numbers. decisions in, yeah. in the clutch. Like we saw that in in, in okay. Cut down on turnovers. Exactly. Exactly. So you want him to be a two. You can have less counting numbers. You can have less counting numbers and be a much better player. I can right. Name so and that would be and that would be that would be him moving to the two spot. I think he's not a natural one. He's just he's he good at it. Six assists last year, and that was on a bad team. I think if you put great players around him, I think he can get to ten assists. He can be that guy. Um, but at the same, or if time, you just, or if you just let him score and give him the role of a scorer, right? No, and, I uh, I think he can play one through three. I really do yeah. offensively. No, I. So I'm why not, not? Why not? I'm let not John angry Wall with is... you for having a take of not, him not being a true point guard. <laughs> Don't get me wrong on that because oh, sure. that that's why I value Shea so much too because I think he's a Special. guy that can be great in any role one through three, and very few players out there can do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, why not pair him with John Wall, who we know is a but known Josh distributor? Giddy, Josh Giddy has thing. to have. That's the he's he's literally Ricky Rubio. I, Josh, Giddy. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. I love Josh Giddy, and he's like a child. He's like eighteen, Six nineteen. Pick was a bit of reach, but it was. But he's worth it. I think. Yeah, I, no, that's fair. I, I think if you're gonna draft him, you need to give him minutes. So it makes no sense for them to pick up John Wall. But if they're gonna like have him be like a developmental guy, why not? Why not have him learn? I think Shea's so interchangeable with so many different lineups, and we saw him. He shot the three ball at a 42% clip last year, and that was something that he improved mightily. Like, And he improved his field goal percentage, and he, he had an uptick. He was shooting 16 shots a game. But my, he shot my argument, 50% is, I just think I that agree. he's getting better in all the so My argument is that, like, what do you think he's – like, how can you get better than that? Like, what do you think he's going to shoot going forward if – So, I think he can think get better. Get better. Passing, playmaking, intelligence, decision like making. Co- yeah, like coach said, so you, but also right. rebo- rebounding. I mean, he only averaged yeah. four point seven last year. He averaged six the year before. 
Um, as a defender, I think he, he's got the talent to be an all-defense type of defender. Uh, but I think he can average 28 if he wants to as well. So my, so I agree That's with what that. I think. I think he can have an uptick in his. I scoring, think he's. I think of winning. him. I think of him offensively as like a he's an offensive juggernaut. I think that's best suited like the rebounding, the defending, all of that is he's best suited to get better at if he's not a point guard. That's just how I look at it. I think point guard yeah, is so there, much responsibility. For him and I could see that for sure. Yeah, like point guard is so much responsibility and you have to know so much and do so much that it's hard to get better at all of those. It's like being a quarterback. Like you can I mean, only focus on one one or two things to get better on. And hey, if, Brad, if you I, want him, I think Sam Presti agrees with you. Also, you yeah. drafted Josh Giddy for a reason. Exactly. If, also, if I'm, exactly. but if I'm, if I'm OKC, um, I don't, I don't want a tail mail it on trying to decide things on, on play to play. I'm going to give the ball to my best guy. And the year before we saw him break out and he played with two other point guards in CP3 and That's right. um, Dennis Schroeder. So I, That's right. It, you know, it, with with all those draft picks, uh, they're they're eventually gonna land on another superstar, and we'll see how that pairing works. So, um, Maybe I don't. Cat. I, he, he ain't no. There ain't no ceiling on on Shay. The reason why I kind of said that about Jalen Jalen Brown is because it's like you know he, he was averaging like 23, 24. I just don't see yeah, him. He, he, him he I don't have him going taking the up to like like twenty eight. There's, there's another pod for another day. But anyways. Little little uh, plug top. Wherever you find your podcast, go follow Triple Play Fantasy Franchise. Look out for our baseball, basketball, football pods that drop every week. Our Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel is dropping content every day. This includes Coach's Corner, Movie Minute Reviews, Super Fantasy Bros, Fantasy 15 Between the Scenes, Fantasy Foodies. We recently sat down with former NBA veteran overseas uh, extraordinaire, New Jersey Net. Uh, 2004 NCAA champion Josh Boone, who gave us a very candid, open uh, conversation about it, not only his his high school days, his college days, his NBA days, but also overseas play. Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Thanks again from the entire Triple Play Fantasy family for turning in. Zach, you got anything you want to plug? Yeah. Thanks um, for coming on. You're awesome. You're super knowledgeable and one of our best guests we had so far. So I just want to give you some kudos. Much appreciate that. It means a lot, uh, especially with an NBA player coming on. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, with that said, though, I'd love to uh, talk rankings with you guys. We didn't get to that today, but um, had my list ready for you and whatnot. But uh, with that said, please uh, check out the Noble and Roos show uh, by Ball is Life. You can catch me on Twitter, Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E, or else uh, podcast anywhere you get them. Noble and Roos show by Ball is Life.